BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. My dear friend and, and one of the finest defenders of the Constitution in the House of Representatives today, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona joins us today. Congressman, it's always a pleasure. I know you've had an exhausting week. Thank you for finding the time uh, to chat with us uh, about what happened this week. So how, how bad uh, was this legislation enacted by a coalition of liberal and moderate Republicans uh, and Democrats to allow the president and his people to borrow without limit until 2025. You know, uh, Judge, it's good to be with you. Um, I I would be hard-pressed to find a piece of legislation that does more damage to the country uh, than, than this particular piece of legislation. It really... It really uh, it covers a, a broad swath of of uh, dam- it causes a broad swath of damage to the country, and so it, it truly may be the worst piece of legislation that come down the pike. Uh, I, I think back to things like Obamacare, which is uh, we're still dealing with the fallout from that, and, and that was that's going to be a multi generational negative impact. What happened here also has the potential to. Uh, catalyze the p- the path that we've been on to just harden it even further and make it almost, uh, it, you know, it's almost ir- irretrievable to come back from the the brink of economic disaster that, and and uh, that that we're, we're seeing here. When when a Speaker McCarthy uh, negotiated this with the president, I guess most of the negotiation was done with their staffs rather than directly. Didn't he pretty much violate, A, whatever the Republican Party stands for today, and B, what he promised many of your colleagues, including you personally, um, in order to secure your uh, votes for him for Speaker of the House? Yeah, so so I'm going to start the second part first. He never promised me anything personally because I told him I would never vote for him, and I never (laughs) did. (laughs) <laughs> so i just you know i want that cur- you have the <laughs> courage of a hundred tigers god bless you <laughs> so 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 people would say to me what do you what do you want from mr mccarthy to to to, to vote what could he do what could he give you and i'd say i don't want anything more than him not to be the speaker of the house because this is what i thought would happen i mean really this when you look at it this is i predicted this a year ago i because a year ago in the Freedom Caucus, we were talking already about the debt ceiling, that we're going to be coming up to a debt ceiling. And Kevin McCarthy, um, whether it's budget or debt ceiling, every time, literally, Judge, 
for 13 years that he's been in leadership, he was the point guy that would go over and cut the deal with the Democrats and um, we would be sold down the river. And I said, we just cannot tolerate that. So that's, that's why I say I, I didn't want anything. Um, and, and, but having said that, he did violate the deal that he made with everybody else. And the, the most basic fundamental one was he said that they, they were going to be at 2022 spending levels. Okay, let's just think about that. They're going to be at 2022 spending levels. Well, that's not where they start. They start actually north of 2022. They don't get to the full 2023 levels, but they're between the two. And that's where he ended up. And the other, you know, and as you start talking about what else did he violate? He said he was going to do open rules. Well, this didn't get open rules. It's got closed rules. Well, uh, what is open? What does open rules mean, uh, Congressman? Open rules means everybody gets a shot to go down and try to make a case for amendment. So you can are, are, you can amend the bill on the floor uh, if you can get the votes. And they didn't want that. Um, I had, in fact, uh, I, I just actually pulled my amendments because it was obvious to me that the fix was in on the rules deal. I had I had five amendments. And the other aspect, too, is I, I told my staff, why do we want to make a really horrific bill uh, just less horrific? I mean, it, but anyway, so those are just a couple of things where he violated the rules or, or his, his deal with the with the. Didn't he also promise that no legislation would come to the floor of the House if Republicans and the Rules Committee opposed it? Yeah, uh, as a matter as a matter of fact, that was another one, and uh, you know Chip Roy and Ralph Norman both said no, and um, so uh, um, they went with they got seven R's uh, for it, four D's against, and two R's against the bill, so it passed out of the rules committee seven six. Here's uh, here's Chip Roy, exhausted, exasperated, not resigned but exhausted and exasperated, I think, right before that vote of the Rules Committee uh, was taken. This doesn't represent any material change in the direction of where this country is going in terms of spending. The massive increase of debt with sort of a, a blip on the radar. But even the Limit Save Grow Act is just nibbling around the edges of what needs to be done. I don't understand how my colleagues should go to the steps of the Capitol and have all these groups from their middle school and elementary school and high school and talk to them about all the future of this country and where we're headed when each and every one of them has a $100,000 debt payment attached to them. Each and every one of them has a $100,000 debt payment uh, attached to them. Well, he's right that they're not going to mention that uh, to the school children. Let me ask you, uh, big picture, what does the Republican Party stand for today, Congressman Biggs, with respect to fiscal sanity? That's a great question. And I, you know, my wife and I actually were talking about this and, and it was like, what, what, where are we? Where are we as a party? So you look at it and you go, what, what, what keeps us together as a party? And Pat Buchanan uh, actually wrote a, a, a paper, uh, an essay on this before he, he retired called, you know, what unites us anymore? And I, I asked that question because the Freedom Caucus was born out of the notion of you have got to you have to bring the spending down and because that's what it is. We always, we always have enough revenue. And when you reduce taxes and regulation, you have even more revenue, but, but there's always deficit spending. So when I look at it, I say, well, how is it that the Republican party platform is so good, but the people who get elected to Washington DC 
don't adhere to that platform. And I, I've come to the conclusion that the Republican Party platform is, is drawn up and written and voted on by grassroots organizers at, in the National Party. But when you get to Washington, D.C., these aren't grassroots organizers anymore. You've got the K Street lobbyists that are in, influencing them. You do have a uniparty judge. I, I you know, uh, uh, it, it, Donald Trump said the swamp is deeper than he ever thought it was. It is a real uh, soul sucking swamp. And, 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 and so when we say, what does the Republican Party stand for? Well, the, the, I think most people in the Republican Party say, you got to pay your bills. You got you've got our lower taxes. You have to give us freedom back. And 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 really, the polling is pretty clear. No, 75 percent of all Americans, regardless of, of ideological uh, where they are in the ideological spectrum, said. You cannot raise the debt ceiling, you can't spend more money, raise your debt limit unless you cut the spending. And and so that's why you're getting this bogus lying narrative going out from some of my colleagues who know better that are going out there saying, well, we cut a massive amount of money in spending. You, 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 they didn't cut any money in spending. So judge, I'm, I'm ranting here, but I'll just tell you that when you say, what do we stand for? I look back at the party platform and say, that's what we're supposed to stand for. I'm just not sure that in Washington, DC, it's being enacted. You know, you've heard me say this before. You and I have discussed it on air, and we've also discussed it uh, privately. Uh, there's one party running Congress. It's the big government party. It's the pro-welfare state, pro-national security state, pro-war, pro pro-debt. Uh, and, and look at the coalition that um, uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, put together. There it is. Uh, because the Republicans that voted for this obviously don't stand for any fiscal sanity. I don't want to make your day worse, but here's Kevin McCarthy boasting and gloating. See how many lies you can count, he tells in this clip. I've been thinking about this day before my vote for speaker, because I knew the debt ceiling was coming. I wanted to make history. I wanted to do something no other Congress has done. That we would literally turn the ship. That for the first time in quite some time, we'd spend less than we spent the year before. Tonight, we all made history. Because this is the biggest cut and savings this Congress has ever voted for. Well, that simply can't be true, Congressman Biggs. Yeah, no. Okay, so let's start. Let's start where he was. Um, I, I believe he did think about this uh, from beforehand because I had started thinking about this a year ago. We both knew it was going to come. His view of making history is right. He has made history. He has made history because he's actually, but, but Judge, he not only um, misrepresents everything that's in this bill. Most, most people don't realize this. We didn't raise the debt ceiling. It wasn't like you had a credit card limit of 5,000. We raised it to 7,500. They took the cap completely off. The cap right. is completely even off. Mrs., even Mrs. Pelosi insisted on a numerical cap when she presided over the last increase in the debt ceiling. No cap let's Janet Yellen go out and borrow all the money she can get. 
Yeah, and it's and it's not tied to your spending deficit either, Judge. That's that's right. the other mind blower. That's the other mind blower. I mean, but when he starts talking about lowering the spending, you we already have the high bloated COVID relief baseline, and they lifted it up a little bit. And right. uh, so, so just so everybody understands this, earlier in the week. The CBO came out and said, okay, we're going to score this as a $2.1 trillion uh, uh, spending reduction, right? But 1.5 of that was in the so-called administrative pay-go provision of the bill. Well, the administrative pay-go provision, once everybody actually examined it, it did multiple things. Number one, it it, um, it allowed the bureaucracy, all they had to do was to, to request a waiver. It allowed the, the lefty... Um, head of the of OMB uh, um, Office of Budget and Management uh, Management and Budget to to waive the paygo requirement, so they don't have to say, oh, okay, we're going to have a new program that's going to be based on this. It also it had the same Reigns Act limit, so if it was below a hundred million dollars in spending uh, or impact, then they didn't even have to worry about paygo at all. So, uh, and then the third thing is that was really ridiculous is they excluded judicial review. So anybody questioning whether they uh, had a legitimate reason to ex be excluded from PAYGO, well, you couldn't even take it to court. There was no, no remedy for you. So as the week went on, uh, CBO took that out and said, okay, that's, they didn't include that in their final score, right? I mean, so you immediately walked $1.5 trillion back. Right. Right. And then they came up with the $1.3 trillion based on this, this freeze, this ostensible freeze with a slight bump up. Now, that was supposed to last six years, but then you find out, judge, it's only imposed for two years, it's targets for four years, and then after that, there's no targets even. All right, so as I, as I hear you, A, this is so complex, it's difficult even to grasp what it accomplishes in the 99 pages. B, it doesn't cut spending the way the speaker said. C, there are so many tricks and gimmicks in it. It's even worse than it appears on its face. Are judge, those fair takeaways? Judge, that's why you're the judge and I'm just a, a congressman <laughs> because you, you you succinctly say exactly what I'm saying. That's that's right. I mean, we could go through, I could go through point by point and tell you how bad it is, but that's it. It it. It's dishonest to say what they're saying. And that's why I'm, I'm saying these are some of these people are my friends. They're good people, but they know what they're saying and selling is not true. What about uh, Speaker McCarthy himself? Is there a provision in the House rules that would allow any member for any reason to trigger a new vote? for a speaker, a single member on his or her own? Yes, it's called a motion to vacate. Anybody can do it. It's a privileged motion. In operation, would you let me tell you how in operation how it works, Judge? So Yes, please. And I hope yes, it happens, sir. but you'll tell me if you think it's going to happen because this is well, a betrayal if ever there was one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a motion to vacate. Um, but here's something, here's the reality. The... Leadership will know it's coming. Leadership will immediately do what we call a motion to table. In other words, set aside the mo that privileged motion 
So you don't well, have to. It's not privileged that it can be tabled. It's not privileged. That's, that's right. That's 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 right. When I say privilege, it means you, you're going to get ostensibly you're going to get a vote, but they're going to come in right. and table it, and they're going to get the votes to table it. Why is that? Because people say, well, Andy, the Democrats don't want McCarthy, and I said that's true. Democrats don't want McCarthy, but they they would prefer Hakeem Jeffries. They know they're not going to get Hakeem Jeffries because nobody, including me, I'm not going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries because. As bad as, as this deal was, Hakeem would give you worse. But but it's hard to imagine, Judge, but I, I just – you can't go there. So they know they're not going to get Hakeem. So I actually have had several Democrats tell me, Andy, we would never support a motion to vacate. And I said, why? And they say because the next best thing to Hakeem Jeffries being speaker, which we'll, we'll never get, is to have Kevin McCarthy as speaker. He has just demonstrated – uh, uh, that we can get our way and get what we want. And so you'll get some votes to remove him, I believe, if it goes, um, and it'll be in the form of against tabling the motion. So the first thing we would do is we'd vote against the table. Um, it would, I think the tabling would pass. And I hate to, I hate to, to be pessimistic, but I also believe, believe in being realistic and explaining exactly the way the procedure works. But that's what it would look like, Judge. So it, there will be effectively no uh, repercussion for Mr. McCarthy for his uh, betrayal of promises made in order to become speaker and his betrayal of what used to be, I'm going back to the Reagan days, which were formative for you and me, yeah, uh, right. basic principles that Republicans in Congress and in, in the rank and file stood for. Uh, Kevin McCarthy can... Uh, vacate those principles and construct any deal uh, he wants with liberals who want to spend money like there's no uh, tomorrow and there's no consequence to him. The the consequence is is if we if filing a motion to vacate is for him is politically embarrassing. So he has some modest amount of embarrassment that, but I'm not sure that he senses that. I mean, he thinks this is just a. Uh, a few people that are outraged. I don't think so. The, uh, but the, where the real outrage and the real comeuppance is, is when the, the rank and file of America come out and say, no, no more for you, Mr. McCarthy. But, but Judge, this is my biggest concern, is that he's formed a new coalition. It was with the liberal Democrats. And that he's going to stay with those guys because those of us who are trying to put forward the real Republican agenda, which is consistent with the Republican platform, uh, uh, oppose him. Because wouldn't, he's it be un- wouldn't it be unthinkable for Democrats to vote for, in the House, to vote for a Republican for Speaker? Yeah, absolutely. That's why they'll couch it as a motion to table. They'll say, oh, yeah, we, 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 we just... We want to set that motion aside. It's too disruptive. It's too conflictual. Whatever you want, however you want to phrase it. Um, but let's say the motion came to the floor. Mr. McCarthy would lose. He'd be, he'd be removed. Would he not? Um, no. It, you mean if the, if you were actually to have the vote on the motion to vacate? I yes. don't think so. I don't think so. And it's here's why. Well, it only takes five of you, right? I don't know if Santos is still in the Congress or not, but it only takes five Republicans, right? Oh, oh, there's, there's, there's more than five Republicans, I believe, who would vote for it. But you have to have, you have to have a simple majority to remove him, and you're not going to get the Democrats, and you're going to have 150 uh, Republicans, 
you might get look, you might get the progressive some some of the progressives, Jayapal, AOC, Jamal Bowman, those they might join us in voting, but it would look quite frankly an awful lot, and this is my this is why I'm so concerned. It would look an awful lot like the vote tally judge of this horrific deal. Right. Uh, by the way, there's where, where Bernie had, Sanders and Rand Paul voted the same way. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Well, Congressman Biggs, have a glass <laughs> just, of scotch. Yeah. Have a nice weekend. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. This is your life. You are the conscience of the Constitution in the House of Representatives today. This is your life. Yeah, I know. And that's see, that's that's the other thing we were talking about this. Um, there's a few of us that are fighting this out. Um, by the way, we got more than we thought would join us in that bill, yes. in that vote. I mean, we had 71, I think, uh, join us. We we did not anticipate. I predicted 50 to 60. And so we, we picked up an additional 20. I think, Judge, by continually being out there, telling the truth and exposing this, I think we, we can get more. But I'm, I'm a big believer it's past the time for incrementalism. I really don't think I don't think you can dilly dally and, and cut around the edges anymore. I mean, just like Chip was saying in that clip, he said even that other bill that I voted against, he said that was just cut, cutting around the edges, not really bending the spending curve down. But somebody's got to be the conscience of the of the body and the question. And, and just so you know, I'm I've been receiving uh, uh, just what I would call um, passive aggressive uh, treatment from some in leadership uh, since since J the January fight. I mean, they're taking my bills, and next thing I know, it's got somebody else's name on it, and it's a good bill, so it's going through, right? Uh, they're taking my bill and Ken Buck's bill on 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 policing. And they're putting in something, they're letting an amendment go on that basically federalizes local police officers, and they uh. don't even bother to tell us they're going to do that. Um, and, of course, we vote no on it. But they, they don't tell anybody. But the point is, they're passively, aggressively, um, they, they put out words around the grapevine, uh, you know, you can't donate to Andy Biggs. Uh, I mean, this is what you, what you face uh, when you stand up to the Uniparty. And I'm willing to do it, Judge, because somebody's got to do it. My and my my close friends in Congress, they're they're doing it too. The Eli Cranes, the you know the Rosendales, the Bob Goods, the Chip Roy's, uh, many in the Freedom Caucus. We're in there in that fight, trying to turn it around. But every one of us has a target on our back by Con the Uniparty. Con Congressman Biggs, uh, Judging Freedom has a million and a half viewers a week. We are with you. Thank you, you. You are the voice of constitutional government uh, in in the Congress. It doesn't take a majority to win, but a determined minority. I'm That's quoting right. Sam Adams, as you know, you're a historian, to light yeah. the brush fires of freedom. Thank you for keeping those brush fires of freedom aflame. And you too. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks. That's a great send off on the weekend, Judge. Thank you. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. Yeah.